If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 8. That seems strange, don't it? Amen. Instead of Mark chapter 16 or 15 or 14. We're in Mark 13 months. I don't apologize for it one bit. Amen. I believe it takes 13 months to go through 16 chapters. But I got a lot out of it. And I'm thankful for the Word of God. Amen. We have something to preach and the Word can preach. Amen. I can't preach, but the Word of God can preach. And that's what you'll hear in this church. It's so good to see visitors return. I tell you what, it's good to have visitors, but well, when you come back, I appreciate it. You didn't get to shake all your hands, but I just appreciate you coming back uh, and visiting us once again. And we thank God for you and thank God for your family. You know, uh, there's going to be somebody that's going to have a hard time Thursday morning, real hard time. It's going to be rough. You know who that is? It's an atheist that gets up and has nobody to thank. Y'all think about that just for a second. That's pathetic, isn't it? That a person don't have anybody to thank. And I want to tell you something. I'm glad we have God to thank. And when you think, you think. Amen? And thank the Lord for that. Amen. I tell you what, um, I don't know if you got that quote up or not, brother, but uh, uh, I really appreciate the gift of salvation. And I want to tell you something, that's the greatest gift that we've ever received. The highest gift should awaken man's deepest gratitude. The highest gift. I want to say this, because Jesus took your place, you have a place in heaven. Because he was forsaken, you'll never be forsaken. And because he bore your sins, you are forgiven. And I don't know if that makes you happy or not, but I want to tell you something, friend. The seedbed of happiness is not only holiness, when you're right with God, you're happy. Say amen. amen. I mean, holiness re uh, leads to happiness. Um, uh, there is no uh, life abundant until you're right with God. But I want to tell you something. One of the greatest joys of the Christian life is when you express thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to the Lord. Because He is the one that's given you everything. Now, chapter 8 of Genesis, we find Noah... After the earth dries, let's go down to about verse uh, 14 of Genesis chapter 8, and we'll read there. And I want to just give you uh, Noah's greatest building project. I don't believe it was the ark. I believe it was what he's about to build. Amen? And so let's go to the Word of God, and let's get something out of it. And uh, listen, let's uh, thank God that when we get up every morning, we know who to thank. Amen? Amen? It's God that gives you every good and perfect gift, and he has blessed you. You know, you ought to be thankful for not only your blessings that he's given you, but you ought to thank God for what you've escaped. Say amen. Where would you be if it wasn't for Calvary? Where would you be if it wasn't for salvation? Where would you be if you weren't a child of God? I'll tell you where you'd be. You'd be in bad shape, and you'd be headed to a bad place. You would talk about a bad day. You'd have a bad day every day. Because I want to tell you something, to be in union with your creator makes a whole lot of sense. It's got to go better. Amen? I'm glad we're saved. Amen? We might just, sit, we might just have testimonies, not even preach this morning. I'm only kidding. We're going to preach. Amen? All right. You know me. We're not going to ever have that. But we will testify tonight and around the Lord's Supper Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Let's stay in all the Word of God. Genesis chapter 8. We'll begin with verse 14. In the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dry. 
You know, there was a great flood, and there's so much archaeological evidence that there was a flood. And the Bible says, And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, and thy wife, and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. They may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. And every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl that whatsoever ever creepeth upon the earth after their kind went forth out of the ark. Now here's the text. And Noah, and Noah built an altar. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said unto his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more of man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. You know, a lot of these uh, tree huggers and these uh, global warmers say that the seasons are going to be discontinued. It's going to be one season, not according to my Bible. The Bible says that summer and winter shall not cease. But that's not the point of this text. The text is this. As soon as Noah got off that ark, he built an altar of thanksgiving. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for thanksgiving. God, it's not just a holiday where we think about the pilgrims. It's not just a time where we stuff our stomachs and our face with a lot of stuff. But Lord, it's a time where we can re reflect, as every day should be, of how good you are and how good you've been to us. So Lord, help us to give thanks. and We'll praise you and thank you, God, for the desire, as Brother Travis so beautifully sung, to be around your people, around your word, be in your church, be, be around uh, the Spirit of God working in lives. And so, Lord, help us to be pleasing unto you with a sacrifice of praise. And we'll thank you and praise you for every soul that's brought under conviction, God, for every life that's changed, for every soul that's saved this morning. In Jesus' precious name we preach and pray. Amen. You know, the Bible says that none doeth good, no, not one. Romans 3, 12. And this, this tells me that none of us was born with a thankful heart. Matter of fact, the Bible says we're born with an Adamic nature. And that Adamic nature was inherited from our great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eve. I don't believe for a second that we came from monkeys. Do you? I've seen some people resemble it, and I've seen some people act like them. But I want to tell you something, friend. We didn't come from monkeys. We came from God. And God created man in a perfect image, but then man blew it, and therefore we have an Adamic nature, which I believe is a nature that's that ungenerated nature that's not born again, cannot show appreciation. Folks, one thing about being saved is you're saved not only from sins, dominance, you're saved from self's dominance. And 
By nature, we're self-centered. By nature, we want it now, and we're not ever satisfied with what we got. Say amen right there, Americanos. You know it's the truth, amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. We ought to thank God for this opportunity. Our missionaries of Tulsa, I was reading that letter um, uh, this week, and, uh, and I, I said, man, i got to go home and show this to Connie. She probably already read it by way of Internet. But I was walking out that door, and a, and a Chinese family met me in the parking lot and said, could we tour your church? I said, who sent you? And I said, did y'all just come by? And that didn't interpret. They had a little machine in their hand, and every time I said something, it would repeat it in, in Chinese. It was a neat machine, amen? I wish I could get a hold of that machine. And they said, I just, we, just, we just came by, and we want to see this church. And so we showed them every square inch of it. They took pictures like they were in a museum or something, and I said, praise God. I believe the Lord's confirming that we need to pray more for the Tolsons. I, mean, I just finished praying for them, just finished reading the letter. I don't believe in coincidences, amen? And here's this Chinese family that has an exchange student at Christian Heritage, and they just want to drop by a church and see it. Well, I want to tell you something, friend. That dear man has been ousted from the country. This morning, one of his national pastors was arrested and brought in for questioning. They're trying to find him to deport him. And here's our missionaries having to go to Taiwan and come back in. It's going to cost them $30,000 more just to relocate so they can worship the living God. I'm so glad that we don't have to worry about those doors opening and somebody uh, saying, you can't preach any longer. Folks, we're in America. We've been blessed. We've been blessed with his word. We ought not take it for granted. We ought to show up when it's preached. We ought to pray. We ought to rejoice. We ought to worship God because it's a privilege. And I thank God that we don't take it for granted. And folks, listen. In fact, we're left to ourselves if we're lost. And folks, we're just thankful for ourselves. You know, I noticed in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, about a reprobate mind. And that's in this uh, day and age where there's apostasy. The Bible says in Romans 1.21, it's very interesting. It says, because that when they knew, they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful and became vain in their own imaginations and their foolish hearts was darkened, possessing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made unto corruptible man. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. In other words, they got, they got wrapped up in idolatry. Then it goes on and digresses about this sin. It says, therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now listen to this. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. Romans 1.25 And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this cause man gave them up into, God gave them up to vile affections. Uh, for even their women did change their natural use into which is against nature. Likewise also men leaving the natural use of, of woman burning in their lust one towards another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving into themselves that recompense of their error which was when. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And it goes on to say, being filled with unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispering, backbiters, 
haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Now go on, without understanding covenant breakers. That's happening in it. Without natural affection. Mothers turning against children, children turning against their mother, implacable, unmerciful. And knowing the judgment of God, they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do they do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, folks, that's a description of de-evolution of men. And you know, I want to tell you what also it is a description of. It's a, it's a description of a day and age where we will be entertained by sin. They take pleasure in them. And folks, it says that men are with men and women were with women. And folks, that's never been God's will. Say amen right there. And folks, it says it's working that which is unseemly. And I want to tell you something, right in the middle of all that wickedness, it says unthankful. I believe we're in trouble, folks, when we take unthankfulness out of our life. I believe it's a, it's a road to a great de-evolution called self-worship. 2 Timothy chapter 3, right in the middle of awful sins of the last days. It says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Second, it says, and it's perilous times. Don't we live in perilous times? Never thought it'd be this bad, as long as I lived. But it goes on to say, it says, know this also, 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you want to look there. Then the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own what? Selves. Covetousness, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. And then look at the next description of the last days. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now, folks, that's an awful list of sins in the last days, but right in the middle of it, may I note something? It says unthankful, unthankful. Folks, let's underline this, that we're helpless without the intervention of God. We're helpless to turn from ourselves. We celebrate ourselves. We congratulate ourselves. We're self-sufficient what the Bible says, but thank God when you get saved, you get an attitude, not a bad attitude, but a good attitude that you're grateful. I'll tell you, the most attractive people in this room are those that are thankful. And the most unattractive people in this room is those that take God for granted and take each other for granted and take this blessed word for granted. Folks, I want you to see something in this Noah's sacrifice on an altar, and he built an altar immediately after he hit the dry ground. God told him to build a big boat, an ark. Some of y'all been up to Kentucky, and y'all seen that big ark, and it's huge. Matter of fact, my family went up there, and I was having trouble walking, and I said, I'll pass, and because uh, I, I didn't want them to wheel me around in a wheelbarrow or something. But I'll tell you, Fred, they came back all amazed how huge it was. And it was huge. God, Noah built it. Took him a long time. And everybody laughed at him. But when it started raining and God shut the door, there was a lot of people banging on that door, but it was too late. And then right after dry ground, he gets on the ground and God says, hey, I got another building project for you, Noah. 
And he said, what is it, God? He said, I want you to build an altar. And he knew exactly what to do with that altar. He offered sacrifices unto God. I want to tell you something, friend. One of the greatest blessings you'll ever have is being saved and you've been in the ark of salvation and there's been judgment that's coming and you ought to thank God that the floods of the wrath of God will not touch you, but you're safe within the ark of salvation. Say amen. You're going to heaven. Say amen. Praise God, you have abundant life. You don't have to live like the world, act like the world. You don't have to uh, uh, submit to the drug lords. you got a Lord, praise God. You don't have to submit to your selfish desires. God puts a new desire in your heart. I'm saying, friend, you ought to thank God for the wonderful change that's been wrought in your life. You ought to thank God that you're saved. Saved from the dominance of sin, but saved from the detriment of self. Saved. And if you're saved, I want to tell you what you need to do. You need to build an altar. You need to put that altar around your heart, beneath your heart, and you need to climb on that altar every day and ask God to make you a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. By the mercies of God, you ought to present yourself. You know why? God saved you. God redeemed you. God bought you out of slavery. That's what the word uh, redeem means. Y'all in big trouble. The clock on the back wall is out. I can preach as long as I want to. Amen? Preacher got his watch out of his pocket. And said, what? The little boy looked at his mother and said, what did that mean? And the mother said, it didn't mean a thing. Amen? Praise <laughs> God. I want you to see verse 20, first of all, the special order of thanksgiving. In verse 20, it says, And Noah built an altar in the Lord and took every... Beast. I want you to look at the word and. I don't believe that Noah built anything else to Mrs. Noah's amazement. She probably wanted a home. <laughs> Amen. She probably wanted a good tin at least or something. And he said, what are you building? Our home? He says, no, we'll, we'll sleep on that old ark for a little while. I got to build an altar. As soon as Noah and his family de-arked, they started building another building. And the building was a, uh, not a building, but an altar. He was overwhelmed with one word, gratitude. God's provision. God's deliverance. Folks, I want to tell you something. The special order of thanksgiving is this. God first. God first. I'm going to tell you something. You're not doing God a favor being here this morning even though I'm so glad you're here, especially you visitors coming back. But he's doing you a favor to let you be here. He did you a favor when you got saved. Amen. Amen. Come on now. I'll preach in just a minute. I'm going to meddle for just a minute. And folks, I believe we ought to have, number one, a, a, a better attitude, a good attitude. That attitude ought to be this. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is it. You ought to be full of gratitude. I mean, you ought to thank God. You ought to be overwhelmed with God's provision and God's protection and God's deliverance. It's a special day when a person wakes up and he starts praising God instead of somebody else because somebody else will let you down, but God will never let you down. It's a special day when you wake up and you start praising God for what he's done and not getting the credit for it because if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have sense to get out of bed and you wouldn't have sense to get back to it, amen? Folks, God has blessed you. 
God has blessed me. It must be the right order, inside out. There ought to be a heart that's full of his love. A good man out of his good treasures of heart bringeth forth that which is good. And I can't think of a better thing that's good than worship and thanksgiving. Folks, listen, I want to tell you something. It involves, it involves self-discipline. The Proverbs 4, 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence out of it are the issues of life. We ought to keep our heart soft. We ought to keep our heart uh, in sync with God's heart. That means holy and without sin. And folks, I know you won't be sinless, but you ought to sin less. And so thanksgiving is a good attitude. It's a sweet aroma. Folks, there's nothing like living in a home of respect and honor. It energizes everybody. Do you smile when your wife comes in the room or when she leaves it? Don't answer that question if you're not sure about that question. But we ought to smile because we have a wife. I was thanking God for my wife this morning. She cooked me biscuits and gravy last night. We had breakfast on Saturday night. Man, that was a blessing. Now, you know, right, and what, what the blessing was, I broke my diet right before that meal because I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving. Say amen, praise God. Two biscuits and gravy, fried eggs and grit, grits, brother John, hallelujah, grits. Not no hash browns. And I mean, I was just sitting there thanking God for what a good cook my wife is. But she's a lot more than a cook. She's a patient woman. <laughs> Amen. She's a good wife. She's always here, and she's all, no matter how she feels, and she's always serving others and taking your calls and counseling. And I just thought, man, thank God for a wife like that. And I could take her for granted. And she could take me for granted. I don't know why she'd ever take me for granted. But uh, no, uh, take each other for granted. We ought to have some thanks attitude toward Jesus but that leads to thankful action thanksgiving thanksgiving is thanks living I beseech, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God Romans 12 1 and 2 now folks I think it's an insult to God when you live for the world I think it's an insult to God when you build an altar, Noah's, to the world. I believe it's an insult to God when you go through a day and never think about who has given you that day. When I almost died of an allergic reaction to clam chowder, I was taking Charles Cofield, some of y'all know him, uh, Charles Cofield out to lunch trying to win the Lord, and I, I was witness to him, and I said, Charles, uh, we got the same name, but let me ask you a question. If you died today, do you know you go to heaven? He taught me into eating clam chowder, and I was taking about the third or fourth sip of it, or a spoonful of it, and I began to choke. And I began to, uh, and he, he looked at me and says, I'm a chemist preacher, you're having an allergic reaction, let's go. I said, go where? To another restaurant? I said, no, we need to go to the emergency room. I said, no, just take me to Dr. Thomas, he'll give me two shots and I'll be fine. Amen, two shot Thomas. And I went and we got there. And thank God, uh, when I got there, uh, they, they looked at me and said, nope, this is the wrong place. Take him to the emergency room. His lungs are filling up with fluid. He's about to die. And I said, and I was in a Mercedes convertible with him, very rich guy. Uh, it's only Cofield I know that's rich. But anyway, and, I, and I, we were driving fast to the, uh, to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, and they met me in the, a lobby of the hospital of the emergency room. They put adrenaline in my arm and I began to take another breath. 
I laid on that table and they put all these monitors on my chest and my wife come in about uh, 20 minutes after uh, they called her and she looked at me and said, Honey, I told you you was going to have a heart attack if you didn't slow up. I said, Honey, it's not a heart attack. It's clam chowder. I'm allergic to shellfish. And I want to tell you something. I changed my verse that day to this is the day the Lord has made and I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I'm serious as a heart attack. That's pretty serious. I thank God for every breath after that. I was griping about some things and grumbling about a few things and I want to tell you something. After I almost died... From clown chowder, that'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Everybody come by the cash and say, well, what was it? Heart attack, clown chowder. You know, amen. <laughs> Ever since I've got that uh, life insurance, my wife's been cooking it, and I just won't eat it, amen. But anyway, <laughs> clown chowder, clown chowder. Every breath is an individual blessing. If you thank God for it. But I want to tell you something. You can, you can speak words to God all you want to, but I want to tell you something. What we need is thanks living. We need thanksgiving. You ought to give your life back to God. Amen. I'm preaching now. Thanksgiving should be first place in your attitude. It ought to be first place in your actions. Every good, every gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no verbalness, neither shadow of turning. Aren't you glad for God's faithfulness? Thank you, brother, for that song. Colossians 3 verse 15 says this, And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. We should demonstrate our appreciation to not only those around us, but to God. So you ought to be first place in our attitude, you ought to be first place in our actions, then you ought to be first place in our approach. When we think of approaching God, we usually think of prayer. We think of worship. We think of coming to this altar. And folks, I just want to say this. If you can't thank God for his grace, then something's wrong. You might be thinking that you obtain salvation by your own goodness, your own works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God. That's why religion is so vain and so unthankful. Religion's man's effort to climb a ladder to heaven. But I want to tell you something. Relationship is God sent his only son to die in your place. And three days later, up from the grave, he arose. And folks, that is enough. He is enough. And thank God I'm not trying to get religious enough to go to heaven. I just want a relationship with the one that came to this earth and died for my sins and took my sin debt and paid it all. And it was receded when up from the grave he arose from the dead. Thank God, hallelujah, and he ascended to the right hand of God. And if nobody else is praying, and I know you pray for me every day, but if nobody else is praying for me, I know the Lord's praying for me right now. Amen. That makes me thankful. The Bible says be careful for nothing. You know what that means? Don't worry about a thing. I'm going to go off on a deep end right here, but worrying is a sin. Some of y'all worry when you feel good because you know you're going to feel bad sooner or later. That's a pessimist if I ever heard of one. Yeah, I feel bad because I know I feel good now, but I know it's coming. Amen. You ever been around a person like that? They can't even enjoy a good day because they know tomorrow's going to be bad. This is the day the Lord is made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. It's the day of salvation. It's the day of him. he might be coming back any minute. The trump could sound any second. All prophecies have been fulfilled. 
for the rapture of the church. And folks, our approach ought to be thankful. Sometimes people come down this aisle popping gum and blow, uh, checking their email, <laughs> checking their texts, and then they hit the, hit the altar and pray a little flare prayer, Lord, forgive me for being me. And they leave, nothing's wrong. But we ought to be humble. We ought to be broken. We ought to be thankful. Sometimes you ought to come down this altar not to ask for a thing, just thank God for everything that God's done for you. If you only knew what God prevented in your life, you would praise God 24-7. Say amen. How many of y'all been spared from an accident? Amen. The other day I was driving down the road and those joggers hit the ditch when they saw my car. Amen. They thank God every time I pass by them. Amen. Because I'm all over the road sometimes. It's really my wife driving. But anyway, Thanksgiving should have the first place in our approach. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 6, you ought to memorize it. All you worry warts, memorize it. All you that are always pessimistic, down and out, the Bible says be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. I believe it's a verse on down that says, And the peace of God will be in your hearts. And folks, before we have daily bread, the Bible says, Hallowed be thy name. Our first approach to God ought to be this. God, you're good. And you're good all the time. Not only you're good, you're God. You're holy. You're right. Whether I like it or not, you are right. Your will is good. Your will is perfect. Your will is acceptable. And I believe our prayer ought to be this. God, help my life be pleasing unto thee with thanksgiving. Some people join this church look like they're joining the Marines. <laughs> Important for duty, sir. I don't like being here, but praise God, somebody's got to do it. You ought to thank God the Lord lets you do anything for I like the way Brother Randy leads singing. Been doing it for 20,000 years. And just got out of the Confederate War. He was in the South, whether he was from Michigan or not. And he does it because he wants to. We don't get paid. I don't make him. I don't, you know, say, why don't you be on time? He's here early because he wants to lead you in praise. He wants to lead you in worship. I appreciate him. Don't you? But I'll tell you something, the Bible says, enter the gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You don't have to be a shouter, but please don't be a powder. <laughs> Some people come to this church, they look like a mule looking at a new gate. I'm sorry. Look like their mother-in-law's moved in to live with them. <laughs> Woo! I've old dangerous ground. Let me let me go on and preach. Stop meddling. But I believe we ought to smile when we go to church. I think sometimes we have to smile by faith. Say amen. Once I was a cocky teenager, and I went up to my preacher, and I said, "You can't be that happy. Why do you smile all the time?" And he rebuked this little old cocky teenager and said, "I'm smile by faith because you need my smile a lot more than you need my frown, Wayne." Guess what? I didn't ask him another stupid question. Praise God. I said, yes, sir. And I've never forgot that because sometimes I've been so low and so burdened and so hurt that I've had to come in here and smile by faith because you need my smile a lot more than I need 
you need my frown. And you need me to be faithful and not quit. And I need you to be faithful and not quit. And I need you, and God needs you, to praise his holy name because he's the author of all substance. He's the author of all perseverance. He's the author of all blessings. And folks, we ought to first of all praise him. Say amen. Noah built an ark immediately. Not an ark, an altar. 1 Timothy 2, 1 says this, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Got to thank God for each other. May we learn to follow this pattern of worship. God first, others second, and ourselves last. Psalms 95 verse 2 says this, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. We ought to sing the word of God. We ought to sing when the psalms are... And folks, listen. Second of all, not only was there, a, there, there was the priority of worship. Uh, thank God for the right attitude and the right actions, a special order. But not only was there a special order, but there was a single objective. A single objective. Look at verse 20. It says, And Noah built an altar, say it with me, class, unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. How many times we come to church unto ourselves? Well, bless me if you can, preacher. I can't, but God can. Well, choir, sing me a good one because I feel low today. Let's work up something. Now what you need to do is realize God is good no matter how you feel. He wants you to feel a whole lot better. And I want to tell you something. Holiness brings joy. In his will brings joy. Getting rid of sin brings joy. But I want to tell you what really brings joy. His presence. And he inhabits the praise of his people. Amen. Because the Bible says this. He says, in the altar unto the Lord, and he took every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground. And so, folks, the purpose of all creation, I've said it over and over again, is to glorify God, Isaiah 43, 7. But I want to give you another one, Psalms 148. Would you turn there with me in closing? Don't pack up because I close and close and close. I love to close. My favorite part of my message is my closing, so don't, don't pack up. I try to remind myself, y'all cannot listen over 45 minutes. Now, you better not say, oh, no, I can, I can listen two hours. You do, don't tell me that, please. Psalms 48, 148, excuse me, Psalms 148. If you can't find the book of Psalms, you're in trouble, and right now, uh, somebody took it right out of my Bible. No, no. <laughs> Psalms 148. You talk about nervous sometimes. You get to preaching and you can't find your text because you didn't mark it. But look at this. Psalms 148. I'm here. So, well, I've been there. Well, that's, you're not preaching. Psalms 148, verse 2. Praise ye him, all his angels. But they don't praise you like born again saints because they've never experienced the amazing grace in heaven. It says, praise ye all ye angels, ye him all his hosts. Praise ye him sun and moon 
Praise Him, all ye stars of the light. Praise Him, ye heavens of the heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Look at verse 5. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commandeth, and they were created. Folks, where do you think you came from? God created you. God has sustained you. God has saved you. If you have a marriage worth calling a marriage, it's because of God. If you have children that love God and want to serve God, it's because of God. Folks, you have health and strength to be able to hold your head up for 30 minutes while a bald-headed preacher preaches, that's God. You have a desire to be here tonight, that's God. You have a desire to come back on Tuesday night when everybody else is getting ready just to cook and leave, that's God. Folks, I want to tell you something. According to the last book of the Bible, everyone will eventually praise Him. Revelation chapter 5, verse 13 says this, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto Him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Folks, I want to tell you what the theme is of heaven. Thanksgiving. Blessed be the name of the Redeemer is the theme. It's not I have prayed through, I've held on, and I got a little uh, log cabin on the side of glory. That is not scriptural. I've got a mansion, number one, but praise God, the reason that I'm there is not because I held on or prayed through. It's because Jesus held on and prayed through at Calvary and took my sin debt and paid it all and receded it, went up from the grave he arose. Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of the things of heaven of the things on earth things under the earth now listen and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father he's Lord Psalms 104 verse 33 says I was singing to the Lord Psalms 104:33 Write it down. I will sing in the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Folks, the direction of thanksgiving is simply this. Verse 20, unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. A thankful life is one that moves Godward. A thankful life is the one that has the proper priority. God, you had me build the ark. You spared me from the wrath of the flood. and Everybody died that rejected you. But you spared me. You saved me. You saved my family. And now, Lord, I want to build something else. I want to lift up my eyes from the hills from which cometh my help, Psalms 121.1. I want to be as Daniel that opened the windows and prayed and gave thanks before God even with the threat of being thrown to the lion's den I want to be like Ephesians 5.20 commands us and giving thanks always for all things unto God and the, name, and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ folks here it is the direction of thanksgiving is God but the distinction of thanksgiving is he offered. Look at the word. It says he clean fowl and he offered. Offered. 
he gave. He gave a clean offering, giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to partakers of the heritage of the saints of light. Folks, it's all because of God. Colossians 1.13 says this, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God, of his dear son. Verse 14 of that same chapter, Colossians 1 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. We're objects of God's grace. Thus, we ought to let him be the object of our gratitude. His grace is thanksgiving. His grace is thanksgiving. Let me just sum this up, and I'll continue tonight. It's what I love about Sunday night. I can just take up right where I left off. Keep on preaching. The Bible says in Romans eleven thirty six, one of the most powerful summations of why you're here and what you ought to do with your little life and my little life. It says, for of him, listen now, Romans eleven thirty six. Sometimes I speak, speak so fast you can't get it down. You can't find it, write it down. Romans eleven thirty six, And I promise you I'll close with this verse. It says, For of him and through him and to him are all things. Do you all agree with that? Say amen. amen. It says of, of, it's of him and it's through him and it's to him are all things, and then here it is, to him, to whom be glory forever. To whom be glory forever. And the last word of that verse is, Amen. Father, we love you. And we're so thankful. So appreciative. Lord, I know where I'd be today if it wasn't for the grace of God. I'd have probably followed in my daddy's footsteps or worse. And Lord, I'd be living beneath my God-given privilege of the dominion of sin and the deceitfulness of Satan and the lust of this world. And I'd be most miserable. But Lord, you reach way down On a Sunday night, March 15th, 1964, and you saw a little boy on the fifth row, about 11 years old, maybe 12, and you convicted me. And I walked that aisle scared to death, crying like a baby. And Lord, you saved me at that altar. I want to thank you. And I want to thank you for that life-changing day. But several years later, I was preaching and my daddy walked down the same church aisle and he got saved. He only lived seven years because of cirrhosis of the liver and all the drinking he did. But on his deathbed, had the nurses read Psalms 23 to him. 
and sing Amazing Grace. And Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you, God, for the difference you made in my life and the difference you made in my daddy's life and the difference you are making right in his life today by being in heaven instead of hell. Lord, I don't want to get over it. And I know it's to you and for you and through you that everything in my life that's worth calling good is because of you. My good family and my good wife, my good children, it's because of you. This good church that I have the privilege of pastoring for 42 years, it's been such a blessing to be able to stay in one place all these years and get so close to such wonderful people. Not perfect people, but people that want to grow, that love you and love your word. I'm so thankful. And so, Lord, tonight, or this morning, that we close the service just saying how much we appreciate you and love you and adore you. God, words are easily spoken and they're easily prayed. God, may we have some thanksgiving in our life that we'd give more of our life to you than ever before because it's by the mercies of God that we can present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy unto thee. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let me say, preacher, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that day that the Lord saved me. And I don't have to worry about going to heaven, and I'm not going to hell for sure, and I really don't even have to worry about living. God's going to live through me because I've been saved. How many would raise your hand as a happy testimony of that during this awesome time of invitation and say, I'm glad I'm saved. Would you raise your hand? How many glad of that? Say amen. Thank God. Don't get over it. Praise his holy name. It's all right to whisper, thank you, Lord, right now. Every head's bowed, every eye closed, nobody moving around, nobody uh, thinking about what you're having for lunch today. That'll take care of itself. How many say, preacher, I could not raise my hand, I'm saved. And I'm concerned enough about my soul to say, please, please pray for me. I think I'm missing out on life. I think I'm uh, really being ingrateful, ungrateful about what Christ has done for me and how he's created me and sustained me. By the grace of God, I want to give my life back to my creator and let him be my savior. And I want you to pray for me that I truly be saved. If you're not saved, you'd like to be. Would you raise your hand for prayer? I'll, I'll not come to you, not embarrass you. I want to do the most I can do for you. I want to pray for you. Anyone? I'll wait just a minute more. I give invitations all the time. Funerals, weddings jail, why not do it in church, amen? Anybody? Say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm living beneath my privilege. Please pray for me. Let me say, preacher, I'm saved. But I don't want to start this talk think, thankful. I want to walk thankful. I want to give more of my life as a living sacrifice. That means dead to what you want, what God wants. Because what we want sometimes is not right. It's called sin. And it's called selfishness. But you say, I want to give what God wants. 
I want to give him real worship and I want to give him praise but I want to give him service and I want to give him a sanctified life I want to set my life more apart for his glory because he deserves it say amen right there he deserves it you just say preacher please pray for me I'd want to give more thanksgiving to the Lord I want to give more of my life would you slip your hand up real high for prayer all over this place I got to raise mine amen all over this place that's wonderful Father, in Jesus' name and for your glory, I preached and I pray that, Lord, we'll respond with thanksgiving by the way we live. God, there'd be some thanksgiving in our life that the world could see that we're different, that we're like you, that we don't live according to the standards of the world. We live according to the standards of this book. And dear God, led by the Spirit of God, our life, can bring glory to yours. And so, Lord, that is our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.